my hair was falling out on my legs. I couldn't wear clothing. I ended up having to wear these nonstick adhesive pads. I was buying the store out of them every day and wearing them underneath my clothes because what would happen is when I would take my clothes off, my skin would just rip. And then my skin started to get thinner because I was being given steroids, which then thinned out my skin even more. And so now walking even just ripped my skin. At one point, I had to go into the hospital for an IV treatment, and I had bandages stuffed underneath my dress, and I was just dropping the bandages everywhere like a mummy, just unraveling, and I just had no care. I just was like, this is who I am now. I don't care. It was just completely unbearable. My body essentially became my prison. Has your life, your dreams been interrupted? Good news. It is possible to reinvent our lives. People are doing it every day, and some are brave enough to share the struggles, disappointments, and challenges. If you are looking for a new beginning, a do-over, or to rediscover your passion, maybe even find a new one, then grab a cup of coffee and let's talk. Interrupted, Act 2, Reinventing Your Legacy, with your host, Coach Lori. Sakura Sutter, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I was so excited to meet you. I could not believe the pictures I saw of your before and after. Let's start with the now, where you are <laughs> and what your life is like. You are a radio host, a spiritual hypnotherapist. Yes, and it doesn't stop there. <laughs> I tend to wear many hats. I consider myself a solopreneur. So I've had my own skin clinic, and then I kind of added on mind modalities, so hypnosis, but I'm also an intuitive medium, certified in EFT as well, SRT, and then the buck doesn't stop there. I'm a Reiki <laughs> master. I'm also a mom, and I was a single mom for 18 of her 19 years. But now I'm, yeah, in a completely different place, as, as you can see. I'm standing and <laughs> sitting upright. Yes. Yeah. I have manifested so many great things in my life right now. I'm newly married. I have a new house, and I'm also a new fur mom. Tell us about <laughs> your fur baby <laughs> she is about nine months old she's a german shepherd her name is tika mm-hmm. and she has quite a personality <laughs> i love german shepherds you <laughs> you have a radio show so my show is called love from the hip i also have an additional show called the conscious coaching hour my show airs every wednesday from two to three on am 1150 kknw and currently right now it also replays on timber country in grace harbor And also on 88.5 Zone Radio in Cape Town, South Africa. Yeah, I mean, I started this show because I wanted a resource. And I know we're going to get into my story, but I wanted a place for people to go who were suffering from whatever it was, whether it was a physical ailment, a dis-ease, or something emotional or spiritual. I felt alone on my journey, and I didn't want that for other people. That's how Love from the Hip came about. And HIP, it's H-Y-P, because I'm a hypnotherapist. And so many issues can be resolved through hypnosis. You've had your radio show for about five years. Yeah. Which to me is amazing because I've been in radio a long time. (laughs) I teach podcasting and consistency is so important. And we see people get discouraged or drop off. And it just shows your commitment to helping others that you have stuck with it. You have this life that you've loved, that you've manifested, but it hasn't always been like that. Do you want to tell us? Well, first off, I want to say that we are all powerful manifestors. Whatever we manifest matches where we're at with ourselves. And so until you come into realization that you are worthy 
then the stuff you're manifesting isn't going to match that. And so I feel as though I'm finally at a place where the things I am manifesting match my worthiness. But it took <laughs> complete H-E-double-L to get there. <laughs> if we're going to talk into the pain points, I want to say that I came into this world dying to be myself. I actually had to then later realize that I would do exactly that. And that sounds confusing, but to explain that, as a child, I was very afraid of death. Mm -hmm. And so I thought I had every disease under the sun. I had heart attacks and strokes. I was five. I had every cancer, but I was also communicating beyond the veil. My parents, who were young at the time, 19 and 20, did not know what to do with me. In fact, my mother thought I was doing it out of just to get attention, but they were having to deal with my night terrors, and the phobias were getting so much bigger than me and what they could handle. My mother was actually kind of threatening to send me away to a psych ward because she just didn't know how to deal with it. I started to suppress myself, and I realized that I had to fit myself into the box that everybody wanted me in. Mm. But with that, I thought, well, you know what? Hey, if I'm going to fit myself into that box, I'm going to do a really good job of it. I excelled at everything, academics, music, sports, you name it. I did it, and I did it 200% over <laughs> what anyone would expect. But then it just got to a point where I couldn't suppress myself anymore. I couldn't suppress who I was, and that came out in disease. In October of 2015, I was 39 years old. I'd been doing skincare for 14 years at that point, and I ended up getting this rare, life-threatening illness. It's an autoimmune disorder. It's called pemphigus vulgaris, so it's a blistering disease, and it presents itself on the skin. So essentially, what doctors say is your body is attacking proteins in the upper layers of your skin. Again, I had worked for dermatologists and plastic surgeons, and I had never heard of this. It presented itself first in my mouth. And it was actually quite manageable. My dentist didn't know what it was either. I was going through all the tests, all the scans by every single doctor, hearing the most absurd diagnosis. And then finally, I found the diagnosis on WebMD. I saw pemphigus vulgaris. And then I went in and had the specific testing for that. And unfortunately, it came back positive. I'm also one of those people that sees the cup half full. Reading online, I didn't think... Any of those things with associated with PV would actually happen to me because I thought, no, I'm going to nip this in the butt. I'm going to do everything I can. So I did holistic medicine, homeopathy, Chinese medicine, Ayurvedic. I sent my picture to John of God in Brazil. I laid on a crystal table. I did everything, but nothing was working. Then in January of 2017, it got tremendously worse. And I went from having just blisters in my mouth to now down my throat all over my body, majority on my backside, on my buttocks, then also on my scalp. My hair was falling out on my legs. I couldn't wear clothing. I ended up having to wear these nonstick adhesive pads. I was buying the store out of them every day and wearing them underneath my clothes because what would happen is when I would take my clothes off, my skin would just rip. And then my skin started to get thinner because I was being given steroids, which then thinned out my skin even more. And so now walking even just ripped my skin. Did you have your child at this time? I Were did. Were a parent? Yeah. Oh. And it was really hard for her. She was around 11 at the time. I'd be bawling and she'd start crying because she just didn't know what to do. And I saw the pictures. I mean, this is this was 
horrendous. It was horrible. (laughs) The breaking point for me, because one of the hardest parts for me is asking for help. And my family, we're we're really bad at that. We just do it all. So I had trouble wearing a bra. And for me, I need a bra. I need Mm -hmm. support. I found these adhesive and I put those on. And one day I was taking it off and it ripped my aerial (sighs) off. And I screamed beyond belief. And I was just bawling. And it just so happens my cousin had called me at the time to check in. And she said, no, you can't do this anymore. You need to come and live with your family. I had to shut down my own business. I was 41 years old living back with my parents. Mm -hmm. I had to give my daughter over to my ex-husband. I went through everything that people went through during COVID, having to close their business, having to stay inside in quarantine, being away from people. I had to do that with the unknown of what was going to happen. Aside from the pain, because my family were very concerned. I was pushed more into Western medicine, which I've always kind of, uh, I'm not sure. I ended up seeing a professor of dermatology at UW, and I ended up being his worst case scenario. Every visit, I'd go in and there'd be 10 people there just watching and taking notes and asking me how I'm feeling. And also, they're trying not to cry. Mm -hmm. So I had to take bleach baths twice a day because I had staph infections all over my body, staph and yeast and all sorts of bacteria had to stay at home because the doctor said, well, you can go to the burn unit because most people with PV, that's where they go, to the burn unit. And then you are treated like a burn victim. Your dressings are changed a few times a day. And he said, you can do that, but you'll probably then die because you'll get sepsis and that'll be it. You're better off staying at home. And so lucky for me, my family was there to help take care. Like my aunts came in from out of town. One of my aunts is a seamstress and she was sewing together these nonstick adhesive pads for clothing for me because I just couldn't wear anything. I was sitting on ice packs. I had to sleep on ice packs, which sleeping was so challenging, but I had to basically numb my body to a point where I could actually fall asleep. There was no end in sight. I just thought, wow, quality of life is crap. I mean, how am I ever going to come out of this? How did you not give up? Well, my daughter, you know, we all have a purpose. And I would say Viktor Frankl has always been one of my mentors. And he was through my journey, what he went through in surviving Auschwitz and making his wife, who he had no idea died within the first two weeks, making his wife Tilly his purpose. Mm -hmm. My daughter became my purpose. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had to be here for her. But I also had this inkling that I had a bigger purpose here myself, and I needed to find out what that was. The moment that I sat in the sickness, because we're so quick to take a medicine and band-aid it, to work on the symptoms of it that we're not really addressing why the sickness is there. Mm -hmm. So I had to sit in it, and I had to ask it, why are you here? And I did this with the help of a colleague, actually, this woman who didn't even know me, found out what was happening with me and had studied hypnosis. She offered her services to me weekly and I was doing therapy from my bathtub, going through all of the toxicity that Mm -hmm. I had stored in my body. And that was coming up out and finally needing to be seen. I had stuffed my symptoms for so long because I had other things prior to PV. I had leaky gut. I had vertigo, sinus infections, food allergies. All of those things are telling you something, and I didn't want to listen. Oh, I'll take this pill. I'll change this diet. I'll do that. This time, I had to actually be sick. We had discovered through the healing together with Lisa, I also had a lot of ancestral trauma. 
I'm half Japanese, so my family was interned in Arkansas. So there was a lot of trauma around that. Also, my Jewish side was saved from the camps because my grandma was adopted as a child. So there was so much that I was processing. And they say that the strongest one in the family is the one that they dump it all on. Like, here you go. I was working through all my stuff, all their stuff, surrendering. And really, it was when I decided to surrender. Okay, if this is the way that I'm going to die, then I have to be at peace with that. That is one of the hardest things to do when you're sick is to surrender. And when I came to peace that this might be the way, then I started to heal. It was a culmination of everything. I did change my diet. I was trying to treat from a functional medicine standpoint that autoimmune is not your body attacking itself, that there is a virus that needs to be treated. So I was including those supplements. I was doing theta healing, hypnotherapy, but I was doing it. And that's how I healed was to step into my own healing instead of giving it away to my doctors. And my doctor made fun of me. He called me a hippie every time I came in. What are you trying now? Spira what? I'm like, Spiralina. Your doctors made fun of you? Oh, my gosh. How did you handle that? Absolutely. It was really really challenging. The first thing he said to me was, you have something that's incurable. And actually, when I saw my naturopath, she said the same thing. Mm. And it was in one ear, out the other. I did not hear it. You're like, I'm not Mm -mm. accepting this. Because you don't understand, you as in they, (laughs) Mm -hmm. these doctors, do not understand the illness that I have. So how can you tell me that it's incurable? You don't know exactly why it's here. And if you even follow Bruce Lipton, who I love, the environment also changes and brings on a disease. That cancer is an opportunist disease. We all have the opportunity to have it. My father, for example, has feared cancer since I was a kid. Every time we'd catch up, if I hadn't talked to him in a while, it'd be, oh, you know, Frank down the street, you know, he's got uh, cancer of the pancreas or Jill, she just died of breast cancer. It was always about cancer. And guess what? He ended up getting prostate cancer. I do believe we tune into frequencies. And if mm-hmm. that's the frequency you want to tune into, guess what? That'll blow up for you. I love what John Acuff wrote a book called Soundtrack. He just felt like this was woo-woo, but he started saying, everything's always working out for me. And he said, and then I looked for evidence. Mm, Follow the science. Follow the data. My body needed to know that I was committed to it. I also had to forgive myself for not listening to my body. All of those things, the self-love piece was the biggest piece in my healing. And I needed to love myself at a time that I was completely miserable and unrecognizable. And I had to finally step into who I am. And that's what I chose to do. How long did it take to get to surrender once you started doing the work? And then once you surrendered, how long to the next stage? Surrender did not happen right away. I was in that whole, woe is me, why me? Mm -hmm. Like, I meditate, why me? I work through my, I mean, I was already a hypnotherapist working through a lot of my problems, just even by my patients coming in. I had to move out of that victimhood. I don't know. It was probably a couple months in that what else was I going to do? The pain was so unbearable that I couldn't distract myself through Netflix or reading a book. Or A lot of people didn't understand how bad and how severe it was. People would say, oh, you're sick. Let's meet up for coffee. <laughs> I'm like, I can't even leave the house or wear clothes. I can't wear clothes. <laughs> I might die. It was a few months in that It took to finally surrender because that's just what I had to do. And then once you 
got that peace, what was your progression? The blisters started to slow down because every day I'd wake up and I had new blisters formed. And it wasn't just blisters. These were open wounds covering my body. Blister you can kind of handle. These were bloody wounds. I started to feel a change in me. That's when I knew. But then even more so, my mother, who's very strong, said, you need to go live by yourself now. I said, what? I have blisters still on my body. You want me to go what? I was so afraid. I had so much PTSD around actually being by myself again and whether or not I could do it. And she said, you need to do it. She moved me back into my apartment. That helped me as well. Funny enough, I went back to work. My clients were also exponential in my healing process and my friends. And I actually started dating. Like I was dating with these still some blisters on my skin because I needed that. I needed that confidence. I needed to know that I could be living my life again. And then in May of 2019, I went into full remission. It was a long journey and it's still not over. Like I, It's not like I don't remember. Anita Marjani says remission is remember the mission. And I always mm. do because even though I don't have blisters, I have spots on my skin that will come out, especially through heat. And so I'm reminded mm. and I know where I came from. And so I wanted to bring that forward and help other people because I felt so alone. There was no one I could talk to about what I was going through. No one could understand. I was a guest on a podcast as a hypnotherapist from a woman from The Bachelor, and it was about finding true love. For me, at that point, I knew that in order to find true love, you had to have love with yourself first. Every other love around you is based on the love you have for you. I did this podcast. I loved it. I had such a great time. And then my dear friend, Diana Clark, is an amazing psychic. I met with her, and she had always been telling me, you know, there's this one thing that you're not doing, this one thing. You had been doing it as a child, and it didn't click for me at the time. And then I told her about my time on the podcast and how much fun I had, and she recommended coming into the radio show and just pitching a radio show. I pitched Love from the Hip. And it clicked for me. I went back to my childhood and I remembered I used to walk around with a tape recorder. (laughs) And I would record my little neighbors and build game shows, do different accents, do commercials. I loved it. I loved it so much. And so that was that piece for me. But so Love from the Hip is a platform. It's a resource for people to go to when they're just feeling stuck or hopeless. Also to believe in themselves and know that they can heal themselves. I have a friend who was diagnosed with stage, I want to say stage four lung cancer. He had never smoked. He said, I am not going to fight cancer. I'm going to take it out to dinner and buy it a steak. (laughs) And that's what this reminds me of. It's different than going, okay, great, I'm going to die. Right. Can you explain that shift? What's the difference between giving up and surrender? It's being a part of your healing process. Mm. And it's also understanding that your body has something to say. You have something to say. Your body is just a mechanism to say something to you. Surrendering is not about giving up because it's about giving in. It's about giving in to you. We miss that all the time. We are constantly distracted. We would rather be living other people's lives than our own. It's easier that way. That's what I would say the difference is. Giving in to you. The thing you said about ancestral, I just heard somebody talking about people who are second generation Jewish. So they grow up in a really good home. They're not abused, but they have that secondhand trauma. So can you talk a little bit about that? It's passed down in the womb. 
It's like the message that's passed down to you, but also the environment. If you think about it, even though you grew up in such a nice home, your parents are still having that frequency of that trauma. And you can tap into that. We're all vibrating energy. And it's just like tuning into a radio station as kids who they're like sponges. (laughs) They're not naive. You are picking up on your parents' trauma and then processing it for them. Because also as children, we try to take on things for our parents so that they don't have to. It's the environment Mm -hmm. that's created. But it doesn't have to just be the physical environment. It can be the emotional and spiritual environment as well. One of my favorite quotes is Alex L. Have you heard of her? No. She said, self-healing is an act of community service. And I love that because when we heal ourselves, the others around us will benefit. Yeah, as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And the whole self-love thing, I feel like if we were to put in a percentage, it would seem like almost 99% of people don't love themselves or don't know how or weren't taught or not, yeah. that it seems selfish So how do we get to a place of loving ourselves? Well, first off, pay attention to how you talk to yourself. (laughs) And not even out loud, but what you're saying in your head. We bully ourselves. And then I think one of the biggest things to work with is a mirror. I love mirrors, mirror therapy. So if you are the type of person, which I I have always been, to look myself in the mirror and not want to look at myself, like embarrassed. No, I don't really. I'm not that pretty. No, I don't need to. So start there. How are you seeing yourself show up in the mirror? That'll tell you a lot. And then focus on how you're talking to yourself and change that as well. Self-care is self-love. Whatever it is that makes you feel good about yourself, yoga, exercise, that's self-love. Paying attention to how you eat, what you consume, what you put into your body, that's also self-love. The people that you choose to date and be in a relationship is reflective of your self-love. Start with the love here first inside because every other love around you will match that. I used to run a day center for homeless women, and sometimes they would say, man, do I have kick me written on my Mm. forehead? And I would say, honey, you do because you can't stand yourself. Mm. And it is a process. Like, wouldn't it be great if you could look in the mirror, go, Sakura said to go look in the mirror and say (laughs) I love you, and then I do and everything's better. Be patient. Be kind. I like to have my clients write up on the mirror something in whatever color lipstick or eyeliner they want, something to speak to them and maybe changing it, an affirmation every week. Mm -hmm. You are enough. Yeah. You are brave. I love you. That's the hardest one. But you're absolutely right. It's it's a process. But also know that it's so common. Everyone suffers from a lack of self-love. And to do that serves others. Right. Because I think we all want to be of service. Right. And for some reason, we think not taking care of ourselves and taking care of everybody else is helpful, but we end up being resentful. We mm-hmm. end up doing it mad or unhealthy. Right. And when we can take care of ourselves and give our best self back, then everybody's going to benefit even more. Absolutely. And it it's, sounds so simple. <laughs> it's like putting that oxygen mask on yeah. first, right, on the airplane. If people can discover their why mm-hmm. and their purpose here, that also helps to build your self-love and also build that alignment with your true self. So I say dis-ease is, is purely that. It's a dis-ease You have to heal the unease in order to heal the dis-ease. And you will. And when you do that, just to reiterate, healing is a choice. Mm -hmm. You have a choice to either come out of this world dying from whatever it is you have, or you have a choice to get better. Have you heard If Not Now, When? If Not You. 
then who? Are you being prompted to write a book, to create a podcast? Check out Leaving a Legacy at www.coachlaurie, that's coach, L-A-U-R-I-E, dot com. And let's get started on your second act now. Healing is a choice. Mm -hmm. You have a choice to either come out of this world dying from whatever it is you have, or you have a choice to get better. I was listening to a, I think it was a book on tape, and there was a doctor that was a cancer doctor. And he said when he gives the terminal, when he tells them your terminal, the ones that drop everything and go live with the gorillas or whatever, he says they, like this huge percentage, come back and the cancer's gone. (laughs) I believe it. When I came back and I was healing, when I was coming back into the world, I felt like someone took Windex and wiped my eyes. I had so much clarity, and then I had so much enthusiasm to live life. And I think that's why I started dating online, honestly, because my friends were so busy and married and whatnot. Nobody could have any fun, and I had been cooped up for way too long. I was so excited to just live my life. That's what happens. When we are dying, you have a choice to either step into living your life or just going through the motions. And even when we're not dying, most people go through the motions. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad. And that going through the motions is where you're going to end up getting sick. I was basically stepping out of the spiritual closet Mm -hmm. fully. And I had no care in the world what other people thought. This is who I am. Even with dating, online dating, I would go on these dates with these men and I would get psychic hits on them. And I would tell them what I would see or things that I would have no idea knowing because they had never told me and they would just be completely freaked out and I'd never see them again. So (laughs) talk about ghosted, right? (laughs) Exactly. You had this disease, so how? It was a blessing. I I do believe that nothing happens to you. Everything happens for you, that the universe isn't out there conspiring against you. It's really just putting all of your ducks in a row. I wasn't ready to receive the things that I have now before the sickness. Sometimes people want something Mm -hmm. so bad. I wouldn't have appreciated it, and it wouldn't have been as great. Because as I said earlier, we manifest where we're at in our lives. Do you want to share your love story? (laughs) Sure. My husband, I met through a psychic that I interviewed on the radio show, and I had never met her in person. After having her on the radio show, she had messaged me that God, spirit, whatever you believe, wants her to set me up with her client. I said, oh, well, all right. I'd already been doing online dating, so I was not having a lot of luck, Uh, and I'm open. I knew right away. It was an amazing thing. I just held his hand, and I knew we were going to get married. But it freaked him out. I'm all about the twos. And we got married on February 2nd in 2022 at two o'clock in the middle of Lake Union on a boat. He is the first man to accept me for everything that I am, knowing I'm not too woo-woo. I'm not too much exactly perfect for him. And it's also a relationship where we can be independent and still grow together. And that's hard to come by. (laughs) That's beautiful. I love that. You were in a place where you were ready to receive. Yes. That's a hard one too, right? That's part of self-love. We're so used to giving, especially as women and especially as mothers, entrepreneurs. We're constantly give, give, give. We don't know what to do with receiving. And we're a lot of us aren't taught how to receive either. I was the oldest. I have three brothers. But at one point in my life, There were 10 of us living together. My parents were foster parents, and we had seven other children. We adopted one of them, but we had seven other children who were born addicted to drugs, Mm. so cocaine and heroin, and and that was a lot to take on in high school. So I had always been 
the caretaker. As the role of a caretaker, you just don't know how to receive. So you had to learn to ask for help. You had to learn to receive. Mm -hmm. And surrender. But also ask the questions. We have the answers. As a hypnotherapist, we have the answers to all of our problems. So we have to find our quiet in all the busyness. And you will have those answers come out for you. You said when you were kind of in crisis, you were like, why me? Why me? So you changed the question. What was the new question? It went from why me to what is this for? What is the purpose of this? What is this for? Because I knew that if I didn't have PV, I would have never done radio and I wouldn't be in a position to help many more people. That was important to me. Even with PV and sharing that news on the radio, I am contacted by people all over the world who are suffering with this horrible illness. And it's usually not the person that is suffering because they're too bad of a place. Mm -hmm. It's their family members that reach out and in other countries where they don't have access to maybe the drug that I took or even just the ideology or whatever it is. And so they reach out to me. And that makes me feel great that I can be of service to those people as well. So what do you really want people to know? Pay attention to the, your unease because in that unease is the source of your disease. When you are in alignment with yourself, you will not only feel better, your life will get better. I mean, look around. If you're not happy with what's happening around you, then you need to change what's happening inside of you. And that includes the way you're thinking, your limiting beliefs. You have the power to heal yourself. Please do not give away all of your healing to the doctors and the therapists and the healers. Be an advocate for your healing and, and make a commitment to yourself that you want to heal. And then loving yourself most, finding your why, and keeping your creative spark alive. Don't lose your imagination. Love on your lows. Our lows add to our highs. You wouldn't have your highs without your lows. It's kind of that whole thing of yin and yang and dark and light. But it's a part of who you are, and it's helped you to get to where you're at today. And so honor that. Know that you're never alone. Thank you so much. I got to ask, <laughs> what book are you reading or what book do you recommend? I heard you say Viktor <laughs> Frankl, which I read that like every other year. Right, right. Yeah, I read so many books, especially doing radio. But one book that was really inspirational to me and helped me on my healing journey was Anita Marjani's book, Dying to Be Me. How can we find you? Somebody who oh, wants yeah, to reach course. out. com, and that's S-A-K-U-R-A-S-U-T-T-E-R. Or you can find Love from the Hip, and that's H-Y-P, on Facebook and Instagram. Yep. Also a podcast, yes. There is one thing I wanted to mention about, there's this great teaching that I recently learned, and it's a Tibetan teaching, and it's, if you die before you die, then when you die, you will not die. And essentially what that is, is if you can transcend your limited self while you are living, then you will not feel death. Because that is what death is. And so when I said I came into this world dying to be myself, unbeknownst to me that I would actually be dying to be myself, I came to remove my limited self in order to love myself again. And then the fear of death that I had as a child was completely wiped away. So in the beginning, we started with what you're doing now. Do you have new projects coming up? <laughs> I also just wrote a chapter in a book collaboration, and it was published at the end of last year. But I'm hoping to move forward. That was propel me into writing a full book. And so I've actually been writing on a few books, one about my own journey, but another one that's actually 
I see more of a screenplay, more of a romantic comedy, more of a Netflix series, a spoof on spirituality, and also therapy. Sakira Sutter, thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you. It's been awesome. Coach Lori here. I am not anti-aging. I am all about aging gracefully. Did you know we stopped making collagen at a certain age? And did you know powdered collagen has to go through your whole digestive system? So I am a big fan of Glow Liquid Collagen. It helps me age gracefully, inside and out. To order, check the link below. By the way, if you order two at the same time, free shipping. Or if you would like to be an affiliate, make a little extra cash, click the affiliate link. Three things we've learned from Sakira. If you're looking around your life and you're not happy, then you have the choice to change it. She also says healing is a choice and that what we focus on often will become our reality. If you love this podcast, here's a big ask. Will you share with your friends and family? Subscribe, give us a review and a five-star rating so that others looking to reinvent their lives will be able to get the help they're looking for. Thank you in advance.